like a lot of you, I'm on Twitter. Uh, the text is usually bigger than that. Um, <laughs> Twitter can be a great source of inspiration for visualization. It can also be a great source for cautionary tales. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, I tweeted a link to this graph, which came out of the Times. I don't know if anybody saw this one. Um, I'm going to simulate the average attention span of a reader and move on. Um, <laughs> if you spot the x-axis, the tick marks go 1945, 1950, 1953, oh, 1973, <laughs> 1993, 1990, 1993, 2002. Now, I tweeted a link and said, I think this needs a bit of therapy. Um, and then the wonderful people at Full Fact um, picked up on that, and one of their uh, staff writers said, that's how that data set would look if the x-axis was in it. Now, the only problem with it is I'm going to go back actually look at the big data. Can anybody see another problem with this graph? The y-axis has got a line with an arrow saying there were three million US soldiers in Europe following the Second World War. So I went back to, to these two charts and said, well, actually, there's another way of looking at that data, which is this one with a corrected x-axis and a corrected y-axis. And I thought this was a good candidate for the use of white space in a chart. Sometimes the story is where there isn't data, and in fact, three million soldiers um, from the US at the end of the Second World War dominates that story. Now, two quick points to take away from this cautionary tale. Uh, number one is, people who get paid to make graphs can do very different things with the same 11 numbers. <laughs> you know, that's three professionals have come up with those three different graphs. So forget about big data, you know, 11 numbers is what we're looking at there. Um, and secondly, doing something badly is, is worse than doing nothing at all. Um, there's a credibility issue if you're using visualization and it goes wrong. Um, and, and so you've got to be very careful about how that works. Now, that's a pity because visualization is extremely powerful. And one of my favorite quotes about visualization is this one from uh, Amanda Cox of the New York Times. And the New York Times are the best. You know, they're, they're the people everyone looks to. And she says, you know, the best visualizations cause you to see something you weren't expecting. And I want to say something you weren't expecting in the data. You know, don't stick a picture of a gorilla in. Uh, <laughs> just a surprise to do it, right? Um, and it's easy to surprise people these days because it turns out, I've got anyone from Ipsos Mori here today. There was some great work by Epsos Mori last year where I first read about this phrase emotional enumeracy, which is about that people aren't very good intuitive statisticians, not because they've got terrible numeracy, but their perceptions, their intuitions about statistical data are influenced by the media. <laughs> and of course, with the media very often reporting by exception, that means you don't necessarily end up always with a very clear view of the day to day. So Ipsos Mori did this great poll of some, professional, uh, some, of some adults across the country using census data, so I loved it. They asked people, for every 100 people in England and Wales, how many of them are Muslim? And how there's 100 people, how many of them do you think people thought were Muslim? People thought? Yeah, what did people think? 20%. Nearly, Jim. 24 was the main answer from the survey. What's the reality? Two, three. Five according to census. All right, this was a, the next one's really good because I did this at a girls' school, this question. For every 100 girls under 16, that's age 13 to 15, how many of them get pregnant every year? So here's our 100 girls. What did the public say? 13, or 15 rather. And the, and the girls at the school went mad. <laughs> How dare those grown-ups think this about us? You know, we're much nicer because actually I'd need to have 200 people on screen before I could fill one person in. Um, 
So this is really interesting. There's clearly a role for visualization to show people something surprising. And we think we have people have bad intuitions about data. How do you do it? Well, we've already had some great suggestions from some of the other panelists. I'm going to go back to the New York Times and, and show you this graphic. I don't know if people have seen this one before. Uh, this is an interactive from the New York Times, how y'all use and you guys talk. And it's an interactive quiz where you answer questions on your own dialect and you end up with a personalized heat map of where people in the US are more or less likely to speak like you. Um, interesting thing about that map is it was the most popular item on the New York Times website in the whole of last year. And that wasn't a news story. Okay? And it's especially impressive considering when you look at the calendar, they published it on December the 21st. Um, extraordinarily popular. And why was it popular? It was popular because of three key words revolving around the visualization space at the moment. Visual, personal, and social. Those are the three things. It's visual, there's something to look at, there's something to, to uh, build the senses. It's personal because look how many times the word you appears on that graphic. It's about you. Okay? And it's social because the ubiquitous Twitter and Facebook buttons are there. And that's not the only example. I love this one from the BBC during the Olympics. A scatter plot of all of the Olympic athletes where you type in your height and weight. <laughs> and it, you can see where this is going. And it, it puts you on the, the dot and tells you which athlete you are most like. And what was lovely is that when you saw this play out over social media, people were either kind of enraged that they were most like a, a kind of Samoan wrestler or, you know. Um, but what was really interesting to me as a visualization person was there is a kind of another adage which is don't work with scatter plots because people find them difficult to read. You have to pass the information in two directions and for a general audience that can be difficult. Um, I think this shows that that's rubbish. How many people do you think moaned that they couldn't understand that chart on, on Twitter? Hardly anybody. Why? Because they invested the effort because they were on it. Okay, so that's really interesting. As long as they weren't off the scale, I guess. I guess. Well, actually, <laughs> there's always outliers. Um, so taking it to our work at ONS, I've just got a couple of quick examples to show you. Um, one of which, this is a fairly standard map of earnings across the country. Okay, it's local authority, it's a, a deviation map, so the blue areas are the areas that are earning underneath the average earnings, the red areas are those ones that are earning above. Okay, so far so good, no problems. Um, what's the issue with this map? It's not a very good representation of the data set. What's jumping out at you? If anybody shouts out powers, I'll be impressed. But the areas where no one is are the areas that are coming out of that map. Because there's an inverse relationship between the size of the area and how many people are actually there. So we thought, let's surprise people by redrawing the map to show the country scaled by the number of jobs. So each area is now scaled according to how many jobs there are. Um, and we got a slightly different story, which you can take in several different directions. Now, I am just going to attempt uh, to get to our desktop and show you a live demo of this, if I can actually get that. Right, so we did this interactive where we allowed people to query that map to find their own area. And the results were really surprising. 
here it is, here's the earlier kind of sorry for the delay here, I have this loaded earlier and disappeared. Um, so there's our map, and it's interactive. So this is one of the things we were saying earlier. You can go to the area that you, you, you want to, to extract the data. So these things become visual tables. They're actually a visual way to get into the numbers, which we think is quite powerful. Um, in, in the final event, it was quite interesting to see how this interactive played out on, on Twitter. It was helped in no doubt by the fact that lots of press agencies picked up on it. We had it syndicated by The Guardian. I love the fact that the Scottish TV picked it up, but refused to show Scotland very small on the transformer. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Um, and even better, we managed to get this map next to Miley Cyrus on the front page of the Huffington Post with a brilliant strapline of government producers interactive map. <laughs> kind of like, kind of like chimpanzee writes novel. It was bound to happen at some uh, point. Right? Um, the metrics on this were really interesting. Social media generated a little bit of interest in terms of click-throughs onto the content. Direct hits to the ONS website, well, we think a lot of people stayed away because they've been to our website before. Um, <laughs> syndication was a key uh, method for getting people into the data, and the understanding that the web is not a level playing field. Okay, so the syndication of the content really helped. But what was even more impressive for us was that Channel 4 News picked the item up. And they ran the animation, the transformation of the two maps live on Channel 4 News that evening with Fiser is covering it. So if I rescale that map, there's our social direct and syndication. And then we know when we get onto TV, one and a half pe million people would have seen that on Channel 4 News. Um, just finally, I'm going to go back to the web to give you a sneak preview of that visual, personal, social in terms of what it means to ONS. Um, So this is, uh, you know, spot the, 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 the rip-off here. Where, how well do you know your area? So rather than say to people, put in your postcode and we'll throw a load of data at you, we're going to get people to kind of work with um, the data. Let me just try and make that a bit bigger for you. There we go. So we've got a quiz here. I've put in my postcode, and it's asking me questions about my area. I've got my map, and it says, for every 100 people, how many of them are aged under 16? So we have a gamified interface where I use this slider to light up um, the people and then see how well I did. And you can see that now animates a way to reveal the difference. Um, anybody seen the TV show Pointless? I kind of got my inspiration for median age from Pointless. Guess the median age in your area, and then I'm Pointless. I think it's amazing. Millions of people will watch a bar chart move. <laughs> <laughs> so why not do that? Okay, so this is median age. And again, show people things that are surprising, and they're more likely to remember it in a, in a way that works. So uh, apologies for running over. Thank you very much. Thank you.